0: Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. So we're here again. I think this is the third time in the running of this show that we have a Kickstarter campaign ready to go as we record this hey, episode yeah. you guys are very busy we have, what is the new product dan what have what have you guys been working on
1: it is a notebook and oh. it's called pano book is the name of it and it's notebook for your desk and then for your shelf <laughs> That's the tagline. <laughs> Look at that. You'd put some thought into that. This has been a project
0: going on for quite a while, right? Like, we were talking about this. I feel like a year ago. I feel like. No. No? no. since, like, the original idea?
2: Last year.
1: It's been a while. Yeah, because we started off um, kind of in a different direction. We knew we wanted to make a notebook, and then we kind of shifted to what it is now. Yeah. Uh, it's been a process. I don't remember when we started, though. I'll look at some files. I'll try to see. Keep going. Yeah. you are going to get to the Figured bottom it. of this. Yeah. I guess I should explain what the product is. Yeah. If no, so. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> they can't work out on their own, that's their problem. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let me see if I can ramble through this. But basically, the idea is we... I don't know why we decided this. We decided we wanted to make a notebook. I think we thought it would be fun and that we could maybe come up with something unique or you know offer something different um and so we kind of went down this path of like oh let's make just like a kind of really nice soft cover like kind of moleskin sized travel notebook basically um but we could never quite get to a place where it felt interesting enough or unique enough to offer as a product And so, you know, as we do, we kind of sit on it for a while, let it marinate and kind of think about it some more. And, uh, we had kind of an insight of how the both of us, the way we like to work with notebooks is we have them sitting on a desk. And so that led us down this path of what is it, what does it mean to be a notebook that's kind of meant for your desk And eventually we arrived at this idea that it's like more of a panoramic kind of widescreen ratio so that you can place it adjacent to your keyboard, either in front of your keyboard or behind your keyboard. Um, But basically uh, the ratio allows it to kind of sit comfortably on your desk and kind of not be too big and not be in the way. So once we came up with that, then, you know, it was basically all about the details so the paper type, you know material choices, how it's bound, uh what kind of grid uh the paper has, and there's some little details about that we can talk about later and um so yeah, that all's been a pretty long process, but uh we're finally here.
2: We've arrived. I looked up uh about october mid october is when at least we started creating files for this, which was which is probably about when things started so you know, eight months-ish or so. Um, So, yeah, it's been a while. It's felt like we've kind of, I think we've probably arrived at like a final, the final specs and kind of final design for things a couple of months ago, uh, I would say. So it's been, it felt like it's been kind of done, but we were kind of working through Glyph stuff, getting that out the door. So we didn't want to kind of launch a new thing yet. Um, But it's been super nice this time around because we've actually been able to, like we have prototypes made and and Mike we has a prototype too, mm-hmm. but the prototypes are like nearly exactly what the final production piece will be. And so it's really awesome. This is like the first time we've ever been able to like make prototypes that are nearly identical to the final thing. So it's really great because we can send out kind of samples or like test units to people and get their feedback. And it's, you know, it's like very real. And um, so that's been really, that's been really awesome. And it's going to, it's going to be a very different production, uh, you know, like production situation, too, because it, it shouldn't take very long and there hopefully won't be any challenges with the production. So we're hoping that'll be like, you know, pretty quick turnaround and, and if, if things get funded. um, So, yeah, it's it's kind of a new project. But I, I remember thinking, oh, we'll get the design done really quick just in a couple of weeks because it's like, oh, you know, we just need to pick the paper and pick materials and stuff and it'll be done. but the, we really spent a couple months really kind of exploring um, what are the constraints with making, like, an affordable notebook that's also nice. Um, and so we've learned a ton about, like, printing and binding and paper. Um, and so it feels like, you know, if this is successful, we have a lot of, uh, like, a lot of kind of foundation built up about the, these kind of printed paper goods now. And so it feels like we could do more stuff, Um in the future. So I don't know. We'll see. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of exciting, but yeah, we, it's funny. We could have made a notebook that, that we could like that we designed in two weeks, but we always end up making these choices where there's always something tricky about production. Um, and so a couple of the features that I think would be worth highlighting that are kind of cool, um, that we're doing that are different. Uh, one is the, the kind of cover back and front cover material is this, uh, kind of like it's almost like fake really nice leather uh, it's 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 rubber i guess but um it's this really cool material that feels like really really soft and nice and um, because of that and because we wanted that like uh laminated to um some rigid panels that is was the bit that kind of uh made it really difficult uh, to kind of get the quote and get the specs kind of ironed out with manufacturers. A lot of manufacturers just got like scared of that because it was strange. And so they like quoted us like, like a crazy high price. And so it was kind of interesting going through that process of this kind of new world of paper, which we, which we've done some packaging stuff before, but um, I don't know. It was, it was uh, an interesting process, but uh, we have uh, a couple options for manufacturers that, uh, that we can go with. And so it feels pretty good. feels, uh, Feels like we're in a good spot, ready to launch.
0: Talking about choosing a manufacturer, if you chosen the paper, but you're just choosing with who's going to put it together, or or what?
2: Yeah, so we so we chose the paper, and, and that's what's so weird about like the printing industry is, you know, they everyone has access to all the paper, right? And yeah. so it's really just like you, you know, we have this specs document that's exactly what we want, like literally everything, and then you know the different manufacturers just have different equipment available to them or different, you know ways they do something or and it's probably more like they're familiar with some process and so they're not afraid to quote it you know realistically or affordably because they've done it before and they know they're not going to get you know messed up there so uh, but yeah all the all the paper is 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 picked um and everything is like completely tied down so that's really nice it's like really nice to be able to like perfectly specify everything and and uh, just kind of send out quotes so yeah it's it's been cool and it's it's also neat because The paper, like we on like the Kickstarter page and like on our website, we can tell you exactly what the paper is um, because it's not it's like an off the shelf product. Usually like with our uh, with our other products, like things are custom or they're not off the shelf. And so we can't like really describe what they are because they're not. An, exactly known in in a certain kind of way, but this is cool because we can say, "Hey, this is exactly the paper. This is exactly you know the thickness. This is the way it's put together." So that's kind of cool. It's 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 uh it's nice. Shall I speak about the paper? Sure, because you're a paper expert. <laughs> so <laughs> but just to, just to fill people in, hold on. Mike. <laughs> oh, hold on. <laughs> it's like
0: cracking my knuckles in anticipation. That's right.
2: <laughs> so if we, I think, part of the reason why we felt like we could kind of enter like reliably enter this like paper world is just because we you know we know we know you and brad and some other people who are like really like nerds about this so it it was like a way for us to kind of gut check our like um inclinations about what feels good and so mike has been involved with this process like the whole time like we we you know we talk with you from the very beginning and then we send you prototypes and and Brad as well and some other people. And so but, so thanks, Mike. Th- thanks Thank a you. lot for uh, ha- having fun with it. And uh, yeah, go ahead. I've en- I've
0: enjoyed being able to put my somewhat limited knowledge of paper to the test. I mean, Brad, you, uh, when we started talking about this, I could tell you what I thought. But then I told you to send it to Brad Dowdy, my co-host on The Pen Addict. Because he's, he knows a lot more than me. Because not only does he also use a ton of stuff, he also makes his own notebooks of his company, NotCo. But I I knew what I know what I like like all pen addicts know what they like and the the paper that you went with which is a seventy pound, Finch soft white ultra smooth in case anyone's really interested, it feels to me like good Field Notes paper. So Field Notes is a notebook brand that I use quite a lot, and that paper and the paper that you've chosen will take pretty much anything that can be thrown at it to a varying degree of success. So most basically any pen that any normal person would use will work perfectly with this paper and then i use some really crazy stuff and it can handle it so when i say crazy stuff i'm talking about like nibs that will lay down so much ink you're looking at like 20 seconds before it will dry Right. <laughs> and, and what happens there is it bleeds through, and, and we're used to this, and, but then you just deal with it. And this is very similar to how most notebooks are made, right? This is what the paper is. I mean, you can, the only way you can really get paper that can take that sort of stuff then ends up harming the rest of the regular people in the world Mm because it's just more Mm -hmm. than they need right? because it just becomes so expensive or it has some other property to it like a smoothness that most people won't enjoy so the paper that Mm -hmm. you've chosen, again on the consultation of some some paper and pen nerds is excellent all round paper, which is exactly what you'd want for a notebook like this because there are going to be such a wide variety of people using it I would expect that the majority um, of, of writing done in a notebook like this will be with pencil or with a with a like a rollerball, I, I think yeah. I think pencil will probably end up being the most right because it's it's a designy type thing and and you've made some accommodations for that which we'll get to in a little bit, but I've been really happy with the paper. The what I use this notebook for, and I have been using this notebook for months now. Um, it sits underneath my keyboard whilst I'm recording shows and I make notes on it. So as I as I edit all of my shows, I make notes as we're recording, so I know what I should be cutting, and what I should be trimming down, and things like that. But I also doodle. Um, I love to doodle. I love to doodle when I record, and it's just mostly just like squares and blocks and stuff like that. And the Pano book has been great for this, because it's way bigger than any notebook that I've been able to use in the past, because it has this unique format. I can have a a notebook that has way more paper surface on one page that but can also fit underneath my keyboard and between me and it um because it's just long mm-hmm. pa- notebooks typically aren't this long if i open like a regular field notes or something like this it, it won't be as long as this and if i have a reporter a notebook i can't open it all the way like the, the one page that you get with the pano book is much larger and and it really i remember when you guys told me that you were thinking about because originally, like the, the, this, as you said, it took it took many forms. And when you told me you were thinking about a notebook that fits underneath a keyboard, I was like, "I want that." Because there mm-hmm. aren't a lot of notebooks, if any, that are actually made for this use. Like this, I I can only think of maybe like one or two that I've ever seen that do this. But mm-hmm. I really love it, and I especially love that it's spiral bound. That's one of my favorite features of the notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the paper itself does a great job, and it's got some interesting markings on that. Dan, I would like you to tell the people about
2: let me interrupt real quick just for everyone's th- d- to describe it it is 160 millimeters tall and 288 millimeters wide which is like six inches by 11 inches just so everyone gets an idea of like how, what the size of it is
1: continue so yeah when we were thinking of the details of this notebook and for example like what are the pages going to be are they going to be blank are they going to be lined is it going to have a grid And Tom and I fuss and argue about these things all the time. But one thing that was nice is from the beginning, we were in universal agreement that it should be a dot grid. Uh, We both just really like those and think they're a really nice um, kind of middle ground between, you know, a full on grid, which can sometimes be a little bit distracting or, you know, basically blank. And so we actually pull, we pull back the, darkness of the dots quite a bit so it's really subtle and i think it's a really nice um a really nice way to do a dot grid so that's kind of the foundation of the page but then the little bit of a twist we added to it is we've included these uh guide markers that basically replace some of the dots on the page and allow you to you know draw uh layout things so uh, there are guide markers to create three rectangles side-by-side side on the page that are kind of sized purposefully for smartphone UI design, which I think is something that uh, a lot of people, you know, as we said, this is kind of meant for designers and people working at a computer. So that's certainly something I do all the time. It's just like I'm always drawing rectangles to represent, you know, an iPhone iPhone screen. Um So I think that's really nice to have those guides there that uh, you don't have to like think or plan out the size of the rectangle. You can just draw them really quickly. And they happen to be kind of the correct ratio where if you like turn the notebook on its side, then they work really well for storyboarding as well because they're like a 16 by 9 ratio. Um, so we have those and then there are guides on the edges to just kind of divide the page up into quarters. So those just help with layout. If you're, you know, trying to do something and you need to know where the midpoint is, it's really easy to find that. So what's really nice about all these guide markers is they're super subtle. And so, if you're not looking for them, you, you kind of almost can't see them. They just they kind of read as just dots as part of the dot grid. But once you know they're you're they're there and you're actively looking for them, they kind of pop out of the page. So I think it's a really nice and I haven't quite seen anything like that in other notebooks before, this idea of kind of these subtle guide things. Um so we're pretty excited about that.
0: What I like about the subtlety of them is you say you can ignore them, but I also like that they're not you haven't drawn an iPhone on the page. Mm-hmm. So you know, <laughs> yeah. which you could do, and I've seen notebooks that do that, and I was like, that's fine if that's the one thing you're gonna use this notebook for. But because it's so subtle, you can kind of do what you want with it. So the way that I use the panel book, I open a new page, I find the corner markers, and I make them darker with my pen so I can see where the corners of all the three kind of rectangles are. And mm-hmm. then I keep all my notes within the rectangles and then I draw and scribble and doodle all around them. So <laughs> oh, I love that. That's, that's how awesome. I do it. So because I only ever really I never really need more than what I can fit in those three panels. So I mm-hmm. use the rest yeah. as my play space. And and I'm able to do it way more than I have in any other notebook because I have this like defined place to keep it in. And uh-huh. so really all yeah. I'm doing is is drawing squares and usually circles or, and or writing my name and so like it's not good stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah. I like to do that when, I, when I'm when i recording with someone because it helps me kind of keep focus because I'm able to, like, I'm not looking at my computer so nothing's taking my attention away. And I'm kind of yeah. just, just kind of listening as I'm scribbling the same way that you would do it when you're on the phone to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I like that I have this defined place that I can do it in so I'm not going to run out of space for me to write my notes.
1: Oh, yeah, that's cool.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah I might have to steal that uh, i might to steal that one that's pretty uh pretty good. pretty good yeah it's uh it's fun yeah we kind of you know we it was a real balance trying to figure out you know how you know like like you said how much stuff to add like how much kind of constraints how many how much training wheels that kind of thing and I think we arrived you know at a pretty minimal at like almost the kind of minimal you should have seen i mean I don't know how many times we went back and forth about like you know how many. How many grids should it be? How many squares? Like, what's the spacing in between them? I mean, we, I probably, I don't know, like 50 times we probably tried different combinations. <laughs> it went on for a really long time, of course, <laughs> early considered. Uh, and then the other the other piece, which, which of course, you know, we had to add some kind of like cute, uh, you <laughs> know, kind of references and stuff to like the title pages, to like the main title page. So we basically have like one title page um on the inside that you know its main purpose is to kind of you know put that stuff of like hey whose notebook is this and then the other piece is just to kind of explain the references and the dot grid just to make sure kind of every you know everyone sees them um and calls them out uh and so yeah like you know i think initially we had way more like you know kind of tongue and not tongue-in-cheek but just like designy cute like little reference stuff like conversions and formulas and stuff and we eventually walked some of that back so I mean yeah we ended up having it has like two rulers metric and uh like Imperial and then uh and then some stuff but yeah I' I've, I've been really it's been it was a real process of like at first we were making it pretty somewhat complex and 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 like kind of shoving a lot in there and then we really kind of pared it down and kind of it arrived in a nice simple place. So it's, uh, it's fine. It's, it's nice and satisfying to kind of eventually, if it, it's funny, it always feels so good in, a, in the design process to arrive at something really simple that you're happy with. When I think from the beginning we would have thought, Oh, we needed to be more like, you know, cutesy or more designy or something. I, I would not have guessed that we'd be making a notebook if you would have asked me a year ago but
0: all right so pens and paper and and these types of things this is a new realm for studio yeah. neat mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. the last time uh a new realm <laughs> was uh attempted it, did, it didn't go so well i'm no, wondering no. how one i have, to, I have two just this, this is like a two-part question so one, is this why you're going back to Kickstarter again rather than just producing this thing yourself? you wanna make sure that people actually want it first, and two, do you have a different plan if at all, of how you're gonna approach this Kickstarter um considering how the last year has gone with the campaigns and the products that you've run?
1: Yeah, so I mean there's always there's always numerous reasons to use Kickstarter but yeah i would say in this instance uh kind of concept validation is probably the number one reason um and in terms of pro- approaching it differently i mean i i think uh It's just so vastly different. For one, uh, the funding goal is we haven't quite landed on what it should be. We need to crunch some numbers a little bit and decide kind of what our minimum quantity goal is. But uh, it's basically an order of magnitude less than uh, the funding goal for uh, Obi LaserCat. And so... uh, that's just like a much lower bar to cross, I guess. And, you know, I think the audience is, uh, you know, I don't know if bigger is the right word, but it's, I think it's better aligned with kind of our current audience. Like this is uh, this is aimed at, you know, c- creative folks, designer people, or really anyone that's kind of working at a computer uh, yeah, all the, day.
0: Frankly, this audience is way larger. Like there is a probably a bigger mm-hmm. enthusiast community especially mm-hmm. an enthusiast community that's used to buying things on Kickstarter and right. also everybody else in the world, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> can, can, can have a use for a notebook. So like, the, yeah. Yeah. there is definitely a larger target market or available market. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's quite mm-hmm. a bit cheaper, so you know the, there'll be twenty bucks on the Kickstarter uh, for like a single one, and then we'll have some multi packs too. Um, so so that I mean that that makes it it's a lot easier for someone to just be like, oh, I'll try that out, you know, kind of thing. So and it's also something that is easy to explain. I mean, to, to me, it is such a relief to have a product where we can be like, oh, it's a notebook for that goes in between you and your keyboard on your desk. It's like. It's such a simple thing to explain in, like, one sentence.
0: It's probably the easiest to explain product that you've ever made.
2: Definitely, yeah. I mean, the Cosmonaut, you know, like a thick stylus or like a stylus that's like a driver based marker, like, that's a pretty easy one too, but yeah. I
0: don't know if people can get why that's good. Exactly.
2: Yeah, right like yeah, just initially yeah. like if you know then it
0: makes perfect sense but like it, it, this is like such an easy thing like you just from that sentence you know if this is something you want or not i, I don't think yeah. it's a it's a complex decision in that way right but then there mm-hmm. are other yeah. things that the notebook does or the other things the notebook has which can make it the additional cell um, for more people. There's something we haven't spent really any time talking about, which is one of the, the parts that you, you refer to as the keepsake aspect of the book. And I know, mm-hmm. I think, since we first started discussing a notebook idea until now, this has been literally, I think, the only thing that has remained from like what this notebook could be.
2: Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah.
0: So, Dan, why is this important and what is it?
1: Yeah. So that was one of the, when we, you know, I guess back in October, as Tom said, started thinking about, maybe we should make a notebook. One of the first kind of insights we had is a lot of kind of nerdy designers, and I'll just speak for myself personally, like to kind of hang on to their old notebooks. There's kind of a, uh, not necessarily archival, but kind of like nostalgic, uh, thing that's going on there. And especially kind of having them displayed in some way, you know, like lined up in a satisfying way on a shelf. And it was, it was funny. We had, we're a part of this other Slack group that has a bunch of different, um, kind of designers and small business people and stuff. And we were just kind of like typed, Hey, do you guys by chance, like keep your notebooks and put them on a shelf and then just like these images started pouring in. It's like, oh yeah, here's my notebooks, like lined up neatly on a shelf. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. You should say, I just got finished doing it this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that was something we knew early on is we wanted uh, this notebook to accommodate that behavior. And so specifically for the Pano book, because it doesn't have a spine, because it has a, or it doesn't have a spine you can write on or anything because it's spiral bound. Uh, it comes with this slip case uh, which is, you know, just a sheath for the notebook, and that's meant to be basically kind of its final resting place. So you you put it in the sheath when you're done with it. You can write on the spine uh, of the slipcase to you know to write the dates of when the notebook was being used, and you can add a little note of you know what what is in the notebook, or basically anything you want to do to catalog it, and then it just goes on your shelf, and uh, you can line up a bunch in a row and it's really satisfying and kind of ticks that uh box that a lot of designers have i think so uh, i think that'll be nice too but what i like about the way that you've put
0: this together so it's it's a relatively simple uh sheath slip case that just comes in white and it's got some information on it and it's got some print on it so i guess you could draw something on the front if you wanted to or color it in, mm-hmm. in some way for someone like me who doesn't keep, the, I mean, the notebooks, once I'm done with them in the way that I'm using them, they're, they're trash, right? There's nothing in there that mm-hmm. will be useful to me in, like, tomorrow <laughs> most of the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I like that the notebook isn't so heavily focused around this idea that it boxes it in. Because mm-hmm. that could have been mm-hmm. a yeah. thing, right? Like, if you would have made it exponentially more expensive because of the the, like, yeah. the cover. Or mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. was, like, throughout the entire thing. Like, you're supposed to number the pages so you can have an index. You know, like, if, if there was, like, yeah. fixed things no about here. why. Yeah, like, a whole system, which you could have, right? Like, for example, oh, yeah. you could number all of the pages, kind of bullet journal style. And then right on the front of the the slipcase the index if you're a bullet journaler yeah. you could do your index, mm-hmm. the index on mm-hmm. the actual case the, the cover mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. but i like that there's nothing in here that's that's pushing towards that as a thing because mm-hmm. it would turn me off because i would feel mm-hmm. like i was mm-hmm. using this product that was supposed to be for archival purposes to effectively recycle in two months time
2: yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know we really i mean we did one of our big kind of considerations there was yeah i mean the slip case like we had to compromise somewhat in not making that slip case real expensive because yeah a lot of people might not use it in that way right we could make this super nice like sealed really hard slip case but then you know most people are some people who don't use it it's just real expensive and so yeah finding that balance was was definitely tricky um but yeah i i mean i agree i think it's like a nice it's a nice thing to have and it even even if you even if you don't use it it's a it's almost like a nice wrapper for it kind of when you're opening it up it just it makes it feel kind of like special in a way and i mean when it comes down to it you know this is a relatively expensive notebook um and i think one of the things that's really nice about having a nice notebook i have felt in like in the past is it just you know it makes you it's nice to have like nice tools when you're doing your work and i think it it there's like it kind of uh, gives like a feeling of like craft a little bit, or a, like a level of hey, you know, like I'm doing this work, and like my tools matter, right? You know, if if you were like a woodworker, it makes sense that a woodworker would be like, oh yeah, I have this like case for my tools, or I like take care of them, and I sharpen them, and oil them, or whatever. And I feel like when you're when you're like working on the computer a lot, and you're doing like digital work, it's hard to have those feelings sometimes of like of the of like the tools in your life. And so for me, like. I am more like you, Mike. Where I, I end up keeping my notebooks because there'll be sketches in there that are useful, but a lot of it is just like scratch, doing calculations or, or things that don't matter. But I still like kind of having the notebook feel a little bit special, and don't mind spending a little bit of money on it because it—it's just I don't know, and it, like it—it it kind of helps me have that kind of analog feeling of like, oh, my tools matter, and I like care about this, and I'm thoughtful about this, and so. Yeah, the little slipcase. Even if you don't use it at the end of life, it's kind of like a nice. It's a nice thing to start. You know, it's like a breaking the seal kind of thing.
0: What kind of challenges do you envision this product could have?
2: What so it's easy, Mike, for you to think that the notebook is nice because you physically have one, but it's really difficult to communicate quality and feel like over pictures and the internet and video, and. This, like, this is really high quality and feels really good and is really good. And everyone that I've ever shown the cover to really likes it, the feel of it. But it's really difficult to, to explain that over the internet, right? And so um, that's something I could, uh, you know, worry a little bit about, you know, like, can we adequately communicate, you know, the nice things about this book? Um, uh, so that's one. Um You know, I think there could, you know, it's, there's theoretical that there could be some, like, quality control issues, like, with, you know, manufacturing, but honestly, like, print production is so consistent and so tightly, it's done all the time, and all the processes we're using for this notebook are pretty, uh, pretty standard in a way, and so... At least it, it's like way less risk than say like a glyph or something where you're, you know, doing all this crazy manufacturing. So that feels pretty good.
0: Yeah, I guess one of the things about something like the glyph where there's a mold is like you're literally creating something that's never been made before. Mm-hmm. Where like it's not really so much that with paper.
2: Yeah, 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 it's true. And the means of production like that glyph mold is like constantly breaking. Or it, it's constantly wearing out, right? And so, you know, you're... um the tracking, the quality, and keeping up with the quality control is like, you know, it's a, it's a never-ending battle. Whereas with this, not only could we switch manufacturers pretty easily, um, it's it's pretty, like, even, say, like, the color of the ink on the dock grid, which we're going to be really fussy about and nail down, it will, the thing we'll end up with is a, is a Pantone number, which you could literally take to any printer in the world and get the exact same color. So. Just the way the printing industry is set up, it's 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 a lot easier to kind of have a consistent product across time and across manufacturers. So that is like a huge reduction in risk in terms of like what we're used to, um, you know, like ordering parts from China or whatever, right? So so it's uh it, it so that part of it's really nice and and, and just as and to as one of the other nice things is we can get this thing made locally. Um so we're going to probably have it made uh definitely in Texas, uh, probably in Dallas, so pretty close. And that is just like huge for us to be able to, you know, be able to meet, go up, you know, check things out. Um so so that that is another huge like risk mitigation. So, you know, mm-hmm. right now it feels pretty good.
0: Yeah, I guess that's one of the big things is that if there are any problems that come up, well, you can just jump in a car and go and either fix them or, I don't know, crack some skulls together. I don't know. I guess it depends on which <laughs> one of you goes. It depends on the method. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but this hasn't been the same with stuff that's been made in other countries, right? Or even in other parts of the US.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, like with the glyph, we have a really good relationship with our manufacturers who do the glyph. And so... You know, it doesn't It doesn't feel like a black box. It feels like we can really be on top of the process and work with them, and they'll tell us ahead of time if there's problems. But, yeah, like, you know, if you're making, you know, some, like, like the molds for the uh, neat ice kit, right? They're, like, made in China, and we don't, it's, like, through a middleman. We don't even know who the manufacturer is, right? And so it's it's like, you know, it's like a black box, basically. Well,
0: but even with something like the glyph, if it's being made overseas, and they're like, well, okay, so we got this thing, but we really want you to be able to see it before we continue
2: the mail it to us, yeah
0: yeah, but that's going to take as long as it takes to
2: mail, right yeah, and it's like here's a 150 bucks and it takes you know four days or whatever right yeah. so yeah it's it's yeah
0: yeah it's, there are some totally, big totally. there are some big 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 differences there
2: which is mm-hmm. which is interesting and we're not guessing I mean the other thing we're just not guessing the fact that I can order paper that the printer is going to order. Two are like yeah you know, to my house and and like just cut the pages and round the corners and do all this stuff. There's no guessing. It's like I know what the paper's going to be.
0: Yeah, I think this is worth pressing on for people that maybe are not familiar. So the paper that's being used. So th- what I spoke about, which is this uh, Finch soft white Ultras move, There isn't like this this company in Texas that Dan and Tom will use. Are not like milling this paper. It's just it's ordered no. from the company that make the Finch soft white ultra smooth. Like everybody orders it from that place or from a third party distributor who's ordering it from that place. Like the materials mm -hmm. are the same everywhere. Like everybody has access to these same materials because you use paper by a specific brand. Like nobody, well, not nobody, but you aren't going to have a company make brand new paper for you nobody does that really this yeah. paper is made you choose what paper you want and then that company will cut and send that paper to the place where you're having it printed like this is a very different very different uh method of manufacture to the stuff that you've done in the past
2: yeah it's weird it's like it's like not because so you know we've made things before with like commodities like say cherry wood or like hard maple where you just say hey Get some hard maple and make it into this muddler, but but you know it's an organic material that is incredibly inconsistent, like inconsistent, yeah. right? <laughs> and so you're always like, "Well, we we got these thousand muddlers in a box, uh, they're all different. I hope they look cool, right?" <laughs> Whereas this paper is incredibly consistent, so now it's it's like it's almost like a commodity where it's just available everywhere and consistent, but it's not right because it's very specific. So it, yeah, it's great. I mean. It, working in this world of like printing and paper uh, now that we've kind of have a better handle on like what are capabilities that like we know the rules and like how to do design for manufacture it it's really we kind of I'm hopeful that we can that this is uh, somewhat of a success and we could like continue in this space because it's like it's so much easier in a way um so yeah I don't know it's it's uh, it's cool the other thing which we're really excited about and this is the first for us is this is potentially the first product that like will have repeat customers uh in terms like on the same product right because this is something that people use and so you know if we have people that really like it and they can order them you know throughout the year or once a year or whatever that's really great and we've never had that before um I mean, we have, like, repeat customers, like, across different products, but not on the same product.
0: Oh, well, there'll be somebody who buys every Glyph, but that's not the same. Like, they're yeah, only going to buy all. the Glyph when you've made a new design. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, you know, the difference here will be somebody will fill up their notebook, and then they need a new one.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that was another reason why we were really... We, that convinced us we wanted to make a notebook just because we never had that before. And we are like, that seems like a good idea. (laughs) It seems like a good thing. So (laughs) here's an opportunity where we can, you know, we can try, we can like see, you know, try that and see how it works. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a first for us that, so, so that's another reason why the Kickstarter, like we're kind of, you know, in, in our minds, it doesn't need to like be a huge, a huge, huge success on Kickstarter because you know, even if there's only, there's like a thousand people that really like it and they order, you know, a couple of years, that's like, that's great, right? That's a really great product for us. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's like the other reason why, you know, it it takes some pressure off the Kickstarter, right? Because we know, or we would assume that this product would have like a longer tail, uh, going into the future. So, so yeah, so that, uh, all that stuff is, uh, good.
0: Do you have a whole press strategy other than the might of
1: this show? Well, I think it's nice. This like Tom was saying, this is the first time we've been able to uh send out uh like a non trivial amount of prototypes. I think we ended up shipping to, I don't know, fifteen or twenty different people. Um and they've had, you know, several weeks or even maybe a couple months to play around with it. So I I feel like we have kind of these people that have a little bit of skin in the game where they might have something to say about it, or they can do the classic. I've been testing this for weeks and it's, and it's great. Uh, <laughs> and so I think it'll be nice to have that small group of people that were like, Hey, this is available now. You know, y- you can tell your, uh, your followers to go <laughs> check it out or whatever. Um, so that's new. And I think, um, You know, I hope we don't run into it's really nice that, you know, we've like given one to Brad and like you said, the might of this podcast and, um, you know, maybe the pen addicts as well. But it's a new this kind of stationary slash pen uh, press people. Like aside from you and Brad, uh, we don't really know too many people. So, um, you know, I've been asking Brad for some recommendations and he's been really generous and that, but that's going to be kind of a new, uh, some new folks uh, that -hmm. we're going to be doing press outreach to. So that'll be interesting.
0: One of the big differences though, from this to, to OB is that again, like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that guy, but you know, the guy in this industry which is mm-hmm. Brad. Like, yeah. he is the mm-hmm. guy. So, like, if he is happy with the product, people will listen. And also, like, the people that he will recommend you to contact, they are the people mm-hmm. that he knows are also really good, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y- y- the person that you have been able to talk to is, like, the number one site in the community that you want to reach, if you want to reach mm-hmm. the the pen, paper mm-hmm. community. I mean, I know that there is the whole mm-hmm. design world but like i think that there's mm-hmm. some overlaps that that would come from having it here and maybe in some technology focused places as well
2: mm-hmm. yeah that's the, that's the other nice thing is is there is quite a bit of overlap. i mean like fundamentally this is for people who like work at their computers uh and need a notebook right and so there's a whole you know engineers programmers you know designers like writer, you know all sorts of folks and so uh it, it doesn't feel like a completely left field like a lot of you know we a lot of the people we send it to are just like you know rep- People we know that do, you know, like, design, engineering, marketing, right? But we know that they kind of work at a computer and, you know, would understand or get it. So, you know, it's not completely that field. But, uh, yeah, it's totally nice having some kind of already, you know, some contacts and stuff.
0: So, we'll see what happens. One of the interesting things, and again, like, I'm, I'm hoping people like this because I'm saying all the stuff that I'm saying, which is that, like, <laughs> I guess one of the other differences is that... You, you you've been sharing this with me and Brad. We've had prototypes. we've been trying to lend our help along the way in that you've been able to to go out to some people that really care about this stuff outside of just the two of you and get their opinions yeah mm-hmm. like i know that I know that I have and I believe that Brad has really pressed you in some areas that we thought were you needed to understand were important right mm-hmm. and yep. and and i feel like i have tried to do that the whole time where i'm like please change this or please do not change this like there's like oh we might change it <laughs> no don't do that i think maybe the soft cover the hard but hard cover but the soft touch i think that was one thing that i really mm-hmm. was very
2: protective of uh for yeah. a while
0: <laughs> cuz i think it's so nice
2: yeah it's no i i we i think i've we've been more and more kind of doing like beta testers in a way um you know, with, with products we've been making. And often it's, it's frustrating because the questions we have for people are questions that are hard to really answer, honestly, when you just have a prototype, right? And it takes a lot of imagination and like a lot of leap to be like, oh, well, I know it's not going to be like this, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, with, with this, with like this paper goods world, because we can make a good prototype, uh, it's so, it's so much easier to get like feedback that is not filled with caveats, right? Yeah. So, that's great. And I you know, I think the more and more, especially with like technology improving and like tools that we have internally, we'll be able to make more of these like kind of true or better real prototypes. And so that's awesome. I mean, I think we did this somewhat with the glyph, so we um uh, Austin Mann is like a like a really like a famous uh photographer for like mobile photography um and we kind of worked with him with the glyph and like send him prototypes and stuff you know that always kind of didn't work perfectly right because they're prototypes and so that was a challenge but um i think more and more we'll do that sort of thing because it feels really good when you know we can send it to someone who knows what they're talking about and understands where we're coming from and it's not just you know our two heads you know being like whoa You know, so um, like but with Obi, you know, it's so difficult to just make a prototype that's kind of not even that great. And so. um, So, yeah, so it's 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 really nice. And I think I think in the future when we're making decisions about, you know, what products to do, like definitely like how good can a prototype be is going to be something that I think we, you know, that like kind of weighs into that because it's this it's just been so nice, at least for me. You know, just being able to have the real thing and not having to guess, you know, with like specs or dimensions and all this stuff. So, yeah, it's really, really good.
0: So by now, I assume that everybody who's listening to this show is starting a fire somewhere in their backyard and throwing all their current notebooks (laughs) into the fire. So because nobody, nobody has any notebooks left and they need a new one...
1: Uh can you tell them how they go about getting a pano book? Yeah, well they can um I assume the link will be in the show notes. Uh but they can I'm assuming also if they just search for pano book P A N O B O O K on Kickstarter, I'm I'm assuming it's going to be the first result. <laughs> uh and you can find it there. And when will people expect
0: to have them in their hands, do you think?
2: Oh, good question. Um I don't know actually, it's going to be short, but I don't know if we can actually quote a date quite yet. Um, I would guess though at the outset, this is always dangerous to do. I would guess oh, by no. <laughs> you know October to November at the at probably the latest, I would think mm-hmm. it shouldn't take that long.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, end of summer is probably when it will be, if things go right, and then kind of later into the fall, if, uh, things you know, we have some hiccups. <laughs> but nothing, I, I feel like, oh, God, I don't know why we're saying this, we're just jinxing ourselves, but I feel like there's nothing that could really go, like, so <laughs> catastrophically wrong. No, could, uh, don't say those words! Those <laughs> words are the worst words to say. Well, I mean, I could,
2: I could, I could, like here, let's, let's do some predictions. Uh, what could go wrong? The, um... These slip cases could be harder to assemble than we thought, and so we have to like do something different in the last t- at the last minute in terms of like assembly or something. Or yeah, I mean that's like the only thing I could think of. Everything else is pretty straightforward. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think we're I, I do honestly think we're actually in pretty good shape. I mean this is so much simpler than like a glyph. Yeah, I so. mean
0: I will say haven't been in this world right like we look at a lot of kickstarters one of the ones that tend not to have too many problems are like regularly standard notebooks yeah because again yeah. like to, to to underscore what we've been talking about for this entire episode like it is almost astounding how much of this stuff is off the shelf in a way yeah. that is different to basically every other kickstarter that you may come across yeah really what sets the book apart is like the format the idea and how each component piece has been brought together to make a thing but this is all stuff that is readily available like your manufacturing company that you end up using could go bust before you start your print production and you could just go to another one and just say like here's the specs and it would maybe take them an extra few days to order all the material in like it really is a very different very different prospect World, so I mean, we'll see. Yeah. They might just say, "Ah, oh, the world's out, the world's I mean, out you know, paper."
2: Maybe, maybe Finch or Nina, like you know, has a problem <laughs> and like goes bankrupt. They'll be in real trouble, but uh, I really doubt it.
0: Well, <laughs> then you could, but then you could just get new paper, right? Like one of the great things about paper is yeah. that there's lots yeah, of it.
2: But it wouldn't be the same. <laughs>
0: All right, go back it. You won't regret it. I will say this: I don't, you know, I do not sell my endorsement of things i really don't even though i talk about advertising products like we're very careful about this like in all of my shows like my my endorsement is not for sale and this is a product that i will endorse i love it i really do and you'll hear me talk about it on the pen addict like i have been using this product for months and i really think that it is great it completely serves the purpose that tom and dan has set out to have it fulfill it will not be the only notebook I ever use because I've never had one notebook that I only use that notebook, right? But it is the notebook that lives on my desk. And when I'm sitting at my desk, it's the only one that I use. And it's been that way since I tried page number one. So it gets my endorsement. And I think that if you are if you like the types of things that I like, you will like this notebook.
1: Thanks, Mike. Pleasure.
0: Uh, checks in the mail, right? <laughs> <laughs>
2: yup <Yeah. laughs>
0: Thoroughly considered as a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. You can find out more about this episode by going to relay.fm slash TC slash twenty seven where you'll find all the information you need to go and back the panel book.